Good morning, everybody, and a happy Friday morning to everybody. It is Friday, September 22nd, 2017. As always, it is Mike Lyon coming to you live with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. And a happy official fall to everybody listening. Although, if you're in my general area, and again, I, I do this show live every morning uh, from the greater Philadelphia area. Uh, if you're in my neck of the woods or, or in most places in the Northeast, it doesn't really feel like fall. As a matter of fact, it's going to feel like summer for the next week or so. They're telling me that there's going to be temperatures in the 90s this weekend, which is just insane for uh, the beginning of fall to me. But in any event, it's a nice day. It's a beautiful day. It's supposed to be a pretty nice weekend for much of the uh, Northeast. So hope you enjoy it and hope you have a lot of fun. It is Friday, and as we always do on Friday here on the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast, before a Patriots game, we do a full Patriots preview, and that is going to be the focus of today's show. We may do a little bit with the Red Sox at the end, but we gave you a pretty good preview of the series in Cincinnati yesterday. So we're going to spend most of our time talking Patriots, uh, as that is the big event this weekend, aside from the Red Sox series, the Celtics and the Bruins. Uh, Bruins had a preseason game last night. One at two to one over the Flyers, but not too too much to talk about there uh, until the beginning of the season. And I do promise you, we'll do a full Bruins Bruins season preview once the rosters are set and uh, we have something to go on for them. We'll do the same thing with the Celtics when the Celtics roster is set and the schedule uh, regular season schedule begins. So let's talk Patriots for the majority of today. As most of you know. The game in week three this week for the Patriots is on Sunday. It's at home against the Houston Texans, a team that is one and one, just like the Patriots are coming into the game. But it's a lot different of a one and one for the Houston Texans than it is for the New England Patriots. And what, quite frankly, came as a complete shocker to me, the Texans were embarrassed in opening in, in the opening week and in, in week one at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags came out in Houston and annihilated the Texans by a final of 27-9. to uh, The Texans' chosen starting quarterback, Tom Savage, only lasted a half in that game before they decided to go with Deshaun Watson for the remainder of the game. He also played in Week 2, which ended up being a win, a very difficult-to-watch game last Thursday against the Cincinnati Bengals. They won that game by a final of 13-9. to uh, in which the only offensive touchdown was a 49-yard run uh, by Deshaun Watson. That was the only offensive touchdown in the game. So uh, historically, the Patriots have quite simply dominated Houston. Uh, Houston, of course, was an expansion team back in 2003. So the Patriots haven't played them all that often, but they have played nine times. The Patriots won eight of those games, and... That in, the only loss, uh, the only win for the Texans, the only loss for the Patriots in the series, uh, came, I think it was 2010 or 2009, somewhere in that area. It, it, some, somewhere in that area, right before a playoff for the Patriots. They rested a ton of guys. It was the last week of the regular season. They rested a ton of guys. Uh, the only guy that they didn't rest for an, a long period of time was Wes Welker. Uh, and unfortunately, that was the game that Wes Welker tore his ACL in, if you can remember it. Uh, it was a non-contact, just kind of a freak play. Uh, Welker went out for an out route. I think he made it, either made the catch or didn't make the catch, planted, and just ripped apart his knee. Uh, that set the stage for a pretty disheartening playoff loss the following week to the Baltimore Ravens, in which they didn't have Welker and the offense was a shell of itself. That was the only game in history 
that the Houston Texans have beaten the Patriots. Otherwise, Patriots are 8-0 in every other game. Most recent game, I should say games, came last season. In the regular season, in week three, uh, the Patriots were down to Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback. Tom Brady was suspended. Jimmy Garoppolo had gotten hurt the previous week. He was inactive. Jacoby Brissett came in. Patriots won the game 27-0, a pretty memorable game. Brissett had a couple of touchdown runs. The defense pitched a shutout at Brock Osweiler, who was then the quarterback. Then the playoffs came. And the Patriots uh, and the Texans squared off in the divisional round. You, I'm sure you're going to remember that game. We've talked about it this week. Uh, the Patriots were a huge favorite coming into the game. The first half did not go according to plan. The Patriots scored two, twi- two quick touchdowns. And then the game just kind of disintegrated from there. They had a couple of turn. Patriots had a couple of turnovers. Uh, the Texans scored off of both of those turnovers. They got some sacks. Generally made life very difficult uh, for the Patriots in the trenches in that game. Whitney Merciless had a big game rushing the passer. Jadevi and Clowney had a big game rushing the passer. They did not have J.J. Watt in that game. Uh, the Patriots did eventually find another gear after halftime and grinded out a 37 to, I think it was 19. I think the final score was 37-19. They ended up winning the game by 18 and covering it in one of their worst, believe it or not, worst offensive performances of the season. Uh, And just an inconsistent game start to finish for the Patriots. But they won the game. That's the most recent uh, two games that the teams have played. The Texans look a little bit different this time around. Uh, They've got a new quarterback, obviously. Brock Osweiler's not there anymore. Uh, he's looking for a job now after they traded him to, to Cleveland in the offseason, and Cleveland cut him. Uh, now they go with Deshaun Watson, the rookie out of Clemson, who everybody knows for winning a national championship last January. They did not want to do that. Like I said, they, they, they intended to start the season with Tom Savage at quarterback. Uh, he's been in the league, I don't know, two or three years. He went to Pittsburgh. Had a little bit of success in relief with Brock Osweiler last year, although not a ton. Uh, he came out in the first game against Jacksonville Jacksonville, and was just putrid. And they replaced him with Watson at halftime, and now they're going with the kid. Uh, he got a win last week in Cincinnati. He did not exactly play great from quarterback. Uh, he did throw an interception. He did run for a long touchdown. That's the one thing Deshaun Watson can certainly do. He's an athlete. You know that from his days at Clemson. He's a great athlete. He can run. He can scramble. And if you ask people in the Houston market, that's what they need at the quarterback position because their offensive line is not good. Offensive line has a really difficult time keeping pass rushers out of the backfield. And uh, Tom Savage was kind of a a standstill guy, not someone who could really improvise. And the thought coming out of Houston, if you talk to a guy like Ted, Ted Johnson talked to Mike Reese from ESPN this week to kind of preview the game from the Texans' point of view, And he said as much that it was necessary for them to go to Watson because they needed somebody who could scramble around and make plays because their offensive line uh, just can't hold up for all that long. So Watson is your quarterback, uh, an athlete, very raw, not a polished NFL quarterback yet. Hasn't thrown it a ton. They run it a lot. They haven't run with all that. I mean, the the rushing statistics say that uh, they've got the seventh best average and they've got the seventh seventh best rushing offense in the league. That's due in large part to that single run of 49 yards for Watson. They, they haven't really run it all that great since then, uh, except for that. They do have a good running back in Lamar Miller. He can make a lot of plays uh, with his feet. 
uh, with his, he can also catch the ball. He's got five catches on the year. That's low for him. He's a good pass catcher in the backfield, and they can split him out as well. So he's probably their main offensive weapon. He's the guy that the Patriots are going to look for. DeAndre Hopkins is a very good wide receiver. Uh, he's in, you know, upper echelon wide receivers in terms of ability in the league. Been in the league a few years now. Can really fly. A good root runner is going to stretch the defense. But uh, a receivers, as I'll tell anybody who will ever listen, a receivers, <clears throat> excuse me, benefit to his team is only as good as the quarterback throwing him the football. And if Hopkins doesn't have a great quarterback throwing him the ball, and right now he doesn't, his impact is going to be limited. It looks like the Texans are going to get Will Fuller back for this game, the third-year man, maybe second second or third-year man out of Notre Dame, who can really run. He's uh, the fat, one of the fastest guys in the league. Uh, he was a guy who actually hurt the Patriots a little bit in the playoffs last year, got behind the defense a couple of times. I believe he dropped one from, from Osweiler that would have either gone for a touchdown or a pretty long game. So he's a guy that they're going to have to watch out for if he comes back. Otherwise, the tight end is C.J. Fedorowicz, a good, a decent tight end. He doesn't strike fear into the heart of you. Uh, so the, the, there's the skill players you really got to watch out for. They're fairly depleted for the Texans. Not a ton of talent out there. Now you look at the Texans on defense, and as I told you all week, this is a defense that I really like, that I've really liked for a while. It hasn't really, if you look at the statistics, performed as good as it could, uh, and certainly not enough to make up for what's been a, a really bad offense so far. That, like I said, the, the team was luck, you know, pretty lucky to win the game in Week Two uh, against Cincinnati, an offensive team that might be the only off, might be the only team worse on offense right now in the league than Houston is. Uh, they only won that game by four points. The defense did play well, take nothing away from them, but uh, it's a good defense. Statistics haven't held up. It's it's surprising that a defensive line and a group that includes J.J. Watch, Devian Clowney, Whitney Merciless, and others only has three sacks through two games. J.J. Watt doesn't have one. Whitney Merciless doesn't have one. And Jadevian Clowney doesn't have one. So it's three sacks, and none of them are by those guys. Uh, you would expect that to change, and in a hurry. I mean, I, I don't understand how J.J. Watt hasn't come out full force. I mean, there's there's been talk that, that he's got a dislocated finger. If you listen to Watt, that doesn't matter, and he never makes excuses, and he wouldn't. Uh, but there's really no excuse for not having a little bit more in the way of sacks and, and, and quarterback pressures from this group. That being said, it's still a group that's more than capable of getting it done, and I would expect it to be a very, very big test for the Patriots' offensive line this week. And it's an offensive line that may be without one of its starters in Marcus Cannon, although Cannon did return to practice yesterday on a limited basis. So there is a possibility that he could go on on Sunday. Again, pay, pay attention to the injury report today uh, as to who's going to be in and who is not going to be in. It looks as if, if just to talk about injuries, to digress for a second, it looks like the Patriots are going to be without Rex Burkhead on Sunday. He did not practice again yesterday. Uh, he wasn't even on the field. Uh, Gronkowski was back at practice and participated in drills. It looks like he's going to go, if not in a limited, maybe just a limited role, but it looks like he's going to be on the field. Amendola was a go yesterday as well. It looks like he's going to play. Uh, Vincent Valentine sat it out again, so he's kind of up in the air at the defensive line spot. But 
that's my digression on the Patriots injury front at the moment. To get back to the to, to the Texans defense, uh, linebacking core like the the defensive line is pretty strong. Uh, Brian Cushing was the leader there, but he just got suspended. He, he had a, a sec, his second drug suspension. I think he's done for ten games now. Uh, so he's going to be replaced by a guy the Texans like a lot, Zach Cunningham, who's a rookie from Vanderbilt. And the Texans really like this guy. He's a linebacker who's pretty quick. They think he can go line to line. He covered pretty well at Vanderbilt. Obviously played against some really good de- uh, really good offenses, some premier offenses in the SEC. Uh, so he's a guy who they think can really handle uh, coverage well and, uh, and can come in and, and do a good job as Cushing's replacement. The backfield, the defensive backfield, is where they may struggle a little bit on Sunday. It is normally a pretty solid group, but they're going to be without their best cornerback in Kevin Johnson, it would appear. Uh, Johnson did not practice Wednesday. He did not practice again yesterday. And he is, what I'm hearing is he's doubtful to even make the trip. So they're probably going to be be without him, which leaves them a little thin in the backfield. Jonathan Joseph is a good cornerback opposite him. But you would think that the Patriots uh, are going to go after the two repl- the replacement for, uh, for 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 Johnson is Kareem Jackson, who's a bit of a journeyman. He's not a bad cornerback, but then they're they're down to their fourth corner in the nickel. So it's a matchup that Brady's probably going to get after. They don't have markable, sa- you know, d- any notable safeties. Uh, the safety play is not bad, but it's nothing special. The 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 the, the pride of this of the the defensive secondary in Houston is at uh, at cornerback. And if they're down Kevin Johnson, who's a really good corner, been in the league a couple of years from Cal, uh, they're going to be depleted back there. So if Brady can get rid of the ball quickly, he's going to have some matchups in all likelihood that are going to favor him. If you'll remember in the playoff game last season, the big star on offense for the Patriots was Deion Lewis. He took a kickback, he ran for a score, and he took a he, he actually he, he had a receiving touchdown as well, one of the only guys in history to do all three in a playoff game. And if Rex Burkhead is not playing, there's going to be some opportunities to get Lewis matched up on in favorable coverage as well against a linebacker or a safety. So I think Deion Lewis is going to play a role, and uh, they're going to have uh, some favorable matchups with, with some injuries in the secondary for Houston. From a special teams perspective, uh, the Texans have a new kicker. They have a very good punter in Shane Leckler. He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, he's a good punter, and, and you know he's certainly a weapon in a game that could come. I mean, field position could be pretty important in this game, especially if, the, the, if Houston's going to start a rookie. You want to put him on a bunch of long fields. So uh, Ryan Allen has his work cut out for him. It's been an average start to the year for him so far. Uh, he's going to be punting against one of the league's best, and, of course, you never match up punter versus punter. But... Uh, he's going to have uh, a big assignment to, if, if, if and when the Patriots do punt. They're going to expect a big day out of Allen. Uh, if, they, if the Texans get Will Fuller back, Will Fuller is a guy who can return kicks for them. Uh, Lamar Miller has also done it before, but he doesn't do it now that he's, he's entrenched as the starter. Uh, we'll see if they put Will Fuller back there. Hopkins has also done it for them, so they've got a lot of guys who can return kicks and are, are, are fairly explosive in that part of the game. No kick returns yet, uh, or, or punt returns for touchdowns yet for Houston. Uh, you would normally think special teams would favor the Patriots in a game like this. The special teams units have been a little unsteady so far for the Pats. 
They're going to get plenty of opportunities on uh, on Sunday. You would think that the Patriots are going to be able to score some points on this defense, despite the fact that they got a pretty good pretty good pass rush. I mean, they've had a history of, of doing pretty well against Houston, and Brady does pretty well against this defense historically. So there's going to be some opportunities for field goals, or it's going to be some opportunities for uh, extra points for Gostowski. There's going to be some opportunities to return punts for uh, whether that's Amendola, Lewis, Patrick Chung, who, whoever the punt returner and the kick returner may be, Jonathan Jones. I mean, I don't know who's going to get back there, but there's going to be some opportunities uh, because you would think that the Texans are going to punt plenty uh, and maybe do some kickoffs too. So it's a it's a big game from that perspective. You would think the Patriots would have a decided advantage at every spot, maybe except for punter. Uh, but again, it's it's been an unsteady season so far from the special teams units that that are usually generally pretty good. So uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, anytime the uh, Patriots play the Texans, there's obviously a storyline in the coaching uh, with Belichick facing his old coordinator Bill O'Brien. O'Brien is in his, I think it's his fourth year as the as the Texans head coach. He left the Patriots several years ago to go to, to, to go coach Penn State, did that for a couple of years, and then took the Texans' job. He's done a fairly good job in that role. There's been some argument that he's underachieved. I mean, I, I, I'd argue that his rosters have really never been that good. Potentially that's his own fault, but you got to put some of the blame on the front office there as well. Uh, they haven't had a quarterback in years. I mean, if you'll remember it, a few years ago on Hard Knocks, they were down to a choice between Brian, two old friends, two old Patriots backups, Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett. They ended up going with Hoyer. He ended up either getting hurt or being ineffective. Mallett came in midseason and was equally ineffective. They went out last season and got Brock Osweiler, signed him to a huge contract and gave him a ton of guaranteed money. That was potentially one of the worst free agent signings in recent his, recent NFL history. Uh, Osweiler had an awful year. They traded him. They didn't want anything to do with him after that. They're paying him a bunch of money. They paid him a bunch of money last year not to play for them. And they gave him a huge signing bonus on top of it. Uh, so they haven't had it. They really haven't had a quarterback for several years now. And maybe they have one in Watson going forward, but it's going to take him some time. I mean, he didn't come from a pro-style offense in Clemson. He did throw it a little bit, but he was more of a spread option type of guy. Uh, a very good athlete and a good arm, don't get me wrong. He's got some tools and could turn into a good quarterback. But to me, I look at Deshaun Watson, and he reminds me an awful lot of Vince Young. Uh, not really the throwing motion. I mean, Vince Young's throwing motion was very strange. But uh, he reminds me an awful lot of the quarterback that Vince Young was. And, and Vince Young had some initial success in the NFL playing for, playing for Tennessee uh, and then flamed out of there pretty quickly, and he's not in the league anymore. So... It's unfair, obviously, to, to say Watson is going to be Vince Young. You have no idea how he's going to project over the course of, this, of the course of his career, but that's who he reminds me of off the top of my head. So what is the prediction? Uh, obviously, we end every Patriots Friday segment with a prediction for the game, and I cannot go against the Patriots at home until somebody proves to me that I should. And the Texans historically, I, I don't know if it's just a bad matchup for them or they just have been one step behind the Patriots, and most of the league has been one step behind the Patriots, but 
the Texans just don't play the Patriots well. Never have. The games really, I mean, if you look at them, they've never really been competitive. The, the closest game the Texans played the Patriots in a while was last year at the playoffs. I mean, the, the, the week three game last season, the, the Texans faced a third-string quarterback, a kid who was three games out of college, had never even sniffed the field before. The spread, the Patriots were probably favored in the game, I forget it, but in any event, the game wasn't close. I mean, 27 to nothing was the final score. It wasn't even that close. The, the Texans, I don't think, crossed midfield against the Patriots defense, which was still finding its legs at that point, uh, until the fourth quarter. I, I, I think that's the case. In, in any event, they were never a threat to score any points on that defense. I mean, this, this series just hasn't been very close. The Texans just don't play the Patriots well. The Patriots seem to have their number. Uh, the line is 13. That's a pretty big spread, especially in, in, I mean, it's, yes, I realize it's a Patriots home game, but uh, the Patriots defense has not found itself yet. They didn't, they played awful in the first game against Kansas City. They still had some holes to fill against New Orleans. Uh, they're still favored by 13 points in the game. I think Brady will find a way uh, with get, getting Amendola back, I think is very big. If Gronk is on the field, I think that's very big too. I think the offense is going to be able to score some points against these guys. I don't think Houston is going to be able to score with the Patriots. I mean, I think if the Patriots get, I think if they put 24 points on the board, I don't think there's any chance that Houston can get there. Uh, and I think they're going to score more than that. So I'm going to take the Patriots to win. I'm going to take the Patriots to win fairly comfortably. I, I just don't think this is a good matchup right now for Houston. I don't, I, I'm not saying Watson isn't over his head against a Belichick defense. But rookies don't do well against Bill Belichick defenses anyway. Uh, and Watson is still raw. He's not ready yet. He probably could have used a full season on the bench. Credit to him. He's come in. He won a game last week with his legs. But I, I don't think this is a game that he's that, that the streak is going to continue. It's, it'll be a learning process. Watson will get better as the season goes on. And maybe the Texans are a threat to win the AFC South, which is terrible again. But... Uh, it's not going to happen in this game. So I'm going to take the Patriots to win. I will take them to win comfortably. I'll say 34 to 17. I'll take 34 to 17. I'll give, and that's a high. That's high. I'm, I'm being conservative for the Texans' offense. If they get seven, if they hang 17 on this on in the in the game on Sunday, I'll actually be pretty impressed. Uh, but I'll take the Patriots comfortably. 34-17 is my prediction. Uh, that'll cover the spread. I'm officially 1-1 one one on the season. I got one back last week, uh, picking the Patriots to win in New Orleans. Uh, I think everybody in the world lost week one when the Chiefs just shocked the Patriots uh, the way they played. But uh, the Chiefs are a good team, and uh, I, I think but I, th I think the Patriots get on the right side of 500 this weekend, and uh, we'll have the season kind of go from there. So I'm against the spread, I'll take the Patriots, I'll lay the 13, and uh, like I said, I, I 17. My, my final score suggests a margin of 17. I actually think it's probably going to be wider than that. I'm being, like I said, I'm, I'm giving the Texans a lot of credit on offense. I think if they score 17 points, they should feel pretty happy. I, I don't think they're going to do that. So, but give me the Patriots, Give I'll, I'll lay the 13 points. And uh, we will see what happens on Sunday. Watch the game. It's on CBS 1 o'clock. Of course, it won't be on in the Philadelphia area. Um, but it'll obviously be on in the New England area. And if you got DirecTV, 
or Red Zone, you can follow the game any way you'd like. So enjoy the game on Sunday. It will be a good one. It'll be a nice little test for the Patriots against a better defense than they've played so far. Uh, and uh, watch some of the key positions that we've mentioned and the key guys that we have mentioned to see if they make an impact. So let's jump back into baseball just for a second, just to highlight the weekend series in Cincinnati for the Red Sox. The pitching matchups were announced yesterday. Uh, it is going to be Rick Porcello tonight. He goes uh, in game one of the series. Eduardo Rodriguez will go in game two. And Doug Fister will get the ball on Sunday. He's been officially announced as the starter on Sunday. So Fister will get one more chance to figure this thing out, to get back on the right side of things. Uh, like I said, I, I, I feel like I jinxed the guy. He was pitching very, very well. I said he's in your rotation. He might even be your number three starter. I don't think you can possibly say that now. I don't think he's in your rotation at all, the way that, that he's pitched in the last couple of starts. But he'll get one more chance to figure this thing out. Uh, if he can get the ball rolling and have a, a solid start for the, for the Red Sox and, and get a win, maybe you, maybe you see him in long relief in the playoffs. Uh, maybe he's an option in the bullpen. Maybe he's even an option as a starter if uh, Porcello or Rodriguez struggle down the stretch. But uh, this is an important start for Rick Porcello, by the way. It's an important start for him. This is He's coming off a good one against Tampa Bay. He's going to face a pretty good lineup tonight. I mean, the, the Reds, for all their, their woes, have a lot of guys who can hit. Adam Duvall's a hitter. Joey Votto is one of the best hitters in the league, obviously. Scooter Jeanette can hit. I mean, the, these guys can hit a little bit, and they play in a ballpark that's about the size of the car that I'm driving in right now. So they can hit the ball out. They can, they, they can really get the ball in the air. And if that happens to Rick Porcello, who has been prone to the home run ball all season long, uh, it spells trouble. And so you, you want to see him keep the ball on the ground, keep the ball down, uh, pitch the contact, and maybe get some strikeouts. But it's a big start for Rick Porcello tonight. Big start for his confidence. It's, it's not the easiest place in the world to pitch. If you are following the Yankees, and you should be because the magic number is eight, Red Sox have, like I said yesterday, clinched a playoff spot. Next step is getting the division done. The magic number is eight. The Yankees play in Baltimore, excuse me, not in Baltimore, but in Toronto this weekend. It's the final three road games of the year for both teams. Both teams will come home next week and play seven more in their respective home ballparks. So, uh, the Yankees, I believe, have Masahiro Tanaka pitching tonight. He was going very, very well. He did not have a great start in his last outing, uh, which was the last game that the Yankees lost on Sunday uh, against Baltimore. They swept the series against the Twins this week and now uh, go down and go up to Toronto for their last three road games of the season. So keep an eye on those starts. Keep an eye on the series this weekend. Magic number is eight. Red Sox in the playoffs, but it's eight to clinch the division. Still a three-game lead against the Yankees. We will see what it is on Monday. So that is our show for today. Uh, we had, like I said, it's a Friday, so it's a big Patriots preview day. Monday we will recap the Patriots game. We will talk about uh, the series against the, 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 the Reds for the Red Sox this weekend. It'll be a big show on Monday, a lot to talk about. Any Bruins and Celtics news, we'll obviously cover that as well. And uh, we will get to you. Uh, whenever we get to you. So enjoy the weekend, everybody. Have a great one. Like I said, weather's supposed to be really nice. Enjoy some time outside. Enjoy watching some football on Sunday, some college football Saturday if you're into it. And we will see you Monday. Goodbye, everybody.